I wish to lose myself in wands that blossom from your crown. Abuse myself in sacrificial ways to lift your gown. Infused in ancient tribal dance, I'll court your channeled heart. So we can bear the youth of love who manifests the start. Of Gaia in her golden age with breath to birth the womb. For carrying the witnesses that fruit the seeds of truth. From roots of pain will lead the way to bloom into the stars. For we are all just God at play. My sweet Anam Kara. I am Heath Armstrong and this is Never Stop Peaking, baby. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt If you behave you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff And in time you'll get a dime if you impress your boss So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts You've been a space driven higgity hunk of me since birth Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth Composed of stardust with an emotional gut While you letting conformity slam you up the butt You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision Build a palace to the moon while your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks and tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Howdy ho, ladies and gents, boys and girls. I am back, baby. I am back. It's been a while. Um, I was in Europe for a couple months, and I was in Tennessee for a good amount of time, and I was on hiatus for good reasoning, uh, just refocusing myself on things that were truly important, things that needed to be done. Um really living a lot in just flow. What feels good, I'm going after it. Uh, What feels right, I'm going after it. And it's working. It's kind of amazing. Back in 2014, when I first started getting that feeling of like, man, I got to start trying to figure out a way to to work for myself, to get away from uh, these jobs that are making me feel like I'm dying inside. And you know, just the, the idea that most of us, you know, most of us die at age 34, 35, but we're not actually buried until we're 70, 80. What does that mean? You know, I, I didn't want to feel like that. I felt like I was dead. I felt like I was just going to float the next uh, 30 years with nothing, nothing beating inside. Um, so I've been flowing and for the first time since that point, when I started really feeling flow and just going with it and trusting my intuition, I'm feeling it again. Uh, there was a long period there, 2017 and 18 were just, even beginning of 2019 were just um, kind of dark for me, kind of shadowy, um, doing a lot of soul searching, restructuring, and, and I'm just happy to be back in full creativity. I'm doing a lot of projects that allow me to express my full creativity, and I love it. Um, my opening poem there was something that I channeled, and I've been reading this amazing book, Anam Kara, which is, I have no idea how to say that. I think it's Anam Kara, actually. It's Celtic. Um, and I just wanted to explain what that actually means. It, it, it just translates to soul friend. Uh, so it's a person of whom in Celtic tradition that you could kind of reveal hidden intimacies of your life to. And when I was reading about that, 
that poem kind of just flowed out. And if you go back and listen to it again, you you can really pull out a lot of different meanings. Every time I read it, I, I think of something different. Um, but nonetheless, I want to talk to you all about a couple things. First, whoa. So I'm like, I'm not living in my car like I had planned with some of the episodes uh, leading up to this. I was not home for months. I was living around uh, nomadically. So that was totally something that manifested. And it's been, it's been kind of wild. Uh, I'm back in Portland right now, but I'm getting ready to go to Africa here in about a month. And I'll be over there for a while too. So I'm going back to the school in Uganda. And then I am going down to hike Kilimanjaro, which is going to be, I don't even know. It's 19,000 something feet, largest freestanding volcano in the world. Um, We'll see how I deal with the altitude, but I'm pumped. Um, I, I've been doing a massive amount of abundance restructuring in my life. And I wanted to share with you all some abundance, some financial abundance, specific affirmations that I've been using that were directly from Abraham Hicks. Um, if you're not familiar with Abraham Hicks, it's a channel that comes through Esther Hicks and it's really f- brilliant, phenomenal stuff. At first I was a little skeptical and then I started listening more and more as to what the messages are. And there's just, there's nothing negative about it. Like there's no way that it could be doing damage. It's just, it's, it's incredible um, to get your mind in the place that it needs to be, to be able to perform the way that you want to perform, which is usually just exactly how you're doing right now. I know that's mind mind blowing. Um, but first, you know, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about this journey and interruptions. And then at the end of this, I'm going to get into those affirmations because it kind of ties back into this message that I want to share. It really puts me through all the things that I had going, but then also gives you a bird's eye view of how those things were derailed by these fucking gremlins, these resistance gremlins, these procrastination gremlins. They're all over the fucking place. Fear gremlins. Like they really, for the last year, I I feel like they did a number on me. Um, I wasn't being that creative. I was really suffering in business. It was not two, two and a half, three months ago, right before I went to Europe, I was looking at bankruptcy papers. Uh, and you all who have been listening to this a long time know that I've done some pretty remarkable things with business. Um, I've run quite a bit of capital through things. I've taken mass risks and I've always known that that's a possibility that could come up if things didn't go so well. And eventually things don't go so well. And that's what happened to me. And I got in some positions with some decisions that I made that really fucked me. Uh, there were gremlins that were just carving blood up into my asshole with their claws. They were just going straight up into the pooper and scraping and all of the blood was pouring down my legs onto the floor and my dog was like, oh my God, is that is that blood from your anus? And I was like, yes, actually, Sachi, that is blood from my anus that these gremlins are digging in. And I didn't want any more blood in the anus. And I didn't want to file bankruptcy. And I knew that the only decisions that I had in that moment were to just start flowing, which I, what I've been doing and feeling out what feels right, talking and hanging with people who really understand the effect of that, um, and exchanging amazing energies like that and discovering what the next steps are or to, you know, get really negative about it, file the bankruptcy, make it official, and then start trying to figure out how to put my life back together over the next couple of years. 
I'm in a drastically different position right now than I was three months ago. Um, and we'll get into that in a second, but I just want to, I want to tell you all, especially with the emails that I get from you all. Oh my God. I love it. I do. Whenever I send out it, if you're on my email list, um, I send out some things. Sometimes they're humorous. Sometimes they're deep. It's a good mixture of stuff that goes out and, and the replies I get mean the world to me. So don't stop doing that. It makes me, it reminds me of this magical connection that we all have, this web that just binds together. And I want most of you to know because it's like the same problems across the board. We're all the same. We're all dealing with the same shit. We're all projections of each other in different scenarios. And it's it's fascinating to me to be able to engage with each one of you individually, but know from my seat that like it's a collective thing that we're doing and it's it's beautiful. So I just think like as we navigate through this world from birth, uh, really, yeah. I mean, as soon as we're co- we come into this world, layers are piled upon us that help us forget about our inner senses. Okay, sometimes we put so much direction into what makes us feel good physically and not necessarily internally that it cripples us. We learn to swallow our instincts. We learn to hop the gut. And instead, we surrender to things like taste and touch and smells. Those things get old. They get boring. But they're addictive. We want that dopamine drip. We want that next just hit, right? We want that next hit. We want to get high on these things, but we know they're temporary. This often leads to like one huge clusterfuck of a journey. As we focus on how we physically feel all the time, and then we use that data to basically analyze our situations and reshuffle them, and then we try something else, and then we shuffle it, and then we start back over again. If we get to a point where we have a vision in mind, So like when you have a vision in mind, the way that you are taught to achieve it is just to figure it out. How are you going to figure it out? But that's not really that feasible. We can set our final destination of our vision, but how are we going to get there is always subject to the interruption from the external world, which we don't want to think about either. But these interruptions can help guide us. It's not the only thing that we should rely upon to bring our visions to life. How? 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 We don't need to worry so much about how as we do surrendering to the moment, to the flow, and then figuring it out along the way. When I focus on my physical senses or how I am going to create my dream life, and if I go back in the past and kind of reference like thinking about it then, how was I going to create my dream life, right? I really didn't even have a dream life in mind that I thought I could create. I knew I wanted to be happy, but what did that actually mean? And little did I know that the journey is always unexpected. How do I make money? How do I pay off debt? How do I get away from this fucking American dream lifestyle? How do I follow the path of tradition? (laughs) Things don't always go quite as expected, okay? I want to share a couple things that I did and then how they were interrupted along the way because that's the bird's eye view. And and every single person, including you, 
can sit down and write this type of thing out. And every single thing that you've done throughout your life has interruptions. And every one of those interruptions changed the course for you to build on top of it and become stronger and move to the next step. Even though in the moment, those interruptions seem like the end of the fucking world. So I majored in a field called concrete construction management. (laughs) Oh man, what a past life. And this field would give me a high placing job and a salary that was better than most because there were pretty much no other kids in that major in that field because nobody wanted to go work in the concrete construction industry, especially not us millennials, right? It's, it's like fucking the baby generation. Um, so I had zero passion for it is what I'm getting at. And as soon as I graduated to go into that field, the economy crashes. 2008, I lose the job offer that I have in in San Diego, California. Um, It was going to be amazing from what I thought. I was so pumped to go move out there and start my career career in a It's Always Sunny Southern Cal. (laughs) That didn't happen. I ended up in Lexington, Kentucky, Actually, first, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee for a while bartending, all right? I was there for over a year bartending after I got my degree. I refused to give up, though. I took a $13 an hour job at a factory in Kentucky making underground concrete structures to hold your poop and pee when you flush it. Literally, systems that were underground to hold your Mm-hmm. Moving forward, right? But I don't regret it. At that time, my high school girlfriend cheated on me for I don't know how many of the fucking times it was. It was one of them. Um, I became immediately depressed. I sank into a really deep drug and alcohol rabbit hole. And it was basically every single day. Drinking whatever I could get my hands on. Drinking, doing, doing drugs. Um... I continue to move forward. Keep going forward. I get a raise at work. And then I get featured in an industry magazine because I had created a website, which was concretehelper.com. It's so gangster. It's still up, actually. You guys can go look at it. It's a bunch of different industry calculators that I made. Um, I created a website for the industry specifically because I thought that it would get me better job offers. And yeah, a concrete construction magazine found it. Actually, the magazine was called Concrete Construction. Nobody nobody fucking cares, I know. Uh, They featured it in the website. They featured it in their magazine, I mean. Um, And yeah, job offers did start coming in. And I got a little bit of an ego flush. So I started looking at these job offers and it stressed me the fuck out because my intuition wasn't in alignment with going deeper into that industry. It wasn't at all. And what did I do? First hint of entrepreneurship, I freak out, I quit my job, and I get out of the industry entirely for a short period of time. Um, And I had started trying to build a company that would do websites for other companies because I just taught myself how to do them. I put that website up. It worked. People liked it. Nobody knew how to do websites really at that time. And so I started doing that. I partnered with one of my friends from back in the day. We made a website for a Holiday Inn, sold it for like $8,000. Uh, 
I thought that was a, an incredibly massive amount of money. I still think that's an incredibly massive amount of money, but especially for somebody my age at that time, I quit my job. All right. It buys me a couple months before I realize that I don't know anything about business or sales or marketing or websites. And I never sell another website throughout that process. And basically company shuts down within a couple months of me being unemployed. I land an outside sales job after that because I was still, you know, I had quite a decent amount of resume, but like the career job that I had before was I was working in a factory for $13 an hour. I actually got an opportunity at a job where I could somewhat work from home. And I thought this was like going to be the job forever. This was the career job. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go and put my head down and work in this industry and make a shit ton of money. And then I'll be happy. Right. Oh man, uh, I realize that I'm insanely introverted and talking to strangers and making sales calls is like torture to me. It's like torture in a dark dungeon with sharp objects and starvation and Chinese water torture and people shoving cactuses in my piss hole. And I become massively depressed again. Um, and I spent some time there. I used my money to numb depression. I bought four bedrooms. I bought a four bedroom house. I didn't buy four bedroom. I bought a four bedroom house. Uh, I bought a new car. I had about five televisions all over the fucking place. I had five fish tanks, which I think were really my only therapeutic sec section of the house. I would just sit there and get high and watch these things. Um, I built a full bar in my basement. I come to terms shortly after that with the fact that I actually was never working from home anyways, but instead I was driving eight to 10 hours a day to job sites at 3 a.m., uh, the nerves in my back and my legs are starting to compress and I was losing feeling of my legs. And I actually lost feeling from my right leg from like my knee all the way down to my ankle for over a month. And I was getting like neurology tests and shit, but it was really just because I was sitting on my fucking ass in the same position, pressing the gas pedal over and over again. Again, I don't regret it. I respect that job and everything that it got me through. I loved it for what it was and for what it was when I had it. It was just, it was amazing. But it was just a stepping stone to something else. So I start accelerating at work. I make a decision. I'm just going to get better. Um, and I start actually working website projects for different companies that I'm working with throughout the concrete industry in my sales positions. And this is kind of funny because it allowed me to kind of remove myself from trying to sell them products that I was supposed to be selling them. But instead, I could go and like hang out with them and then just like build their website and it would help their company. And it was still part of sales in a way. It was still nurturing relationships and uh, it was good for the job, but it, it wasn't leading me like long-term to where I wanted to go. And it wasn't, it wasn't long after that before my boss starts talking about retiring, how I'm in line to take over for him, uh, you know, to take over, make massive amounts of money, and I'm sitting there just thinking like it was the hardest thing in the world for me to hear because I knew that I didn't want to be there. And if he retired and he'd been training me for four years and I was trying to eject at that point, how much shame I would have over that situation. I threw up at the thought of having to meet more people and take over for his accounts. I didn't want it. I didn't want to sit in sales meetings. I didn't want to have high pressure million dollar decisions on job sites on my back. Just a kid. 
in a construction industry where all these motherfuckers would look at you like, what the fuck you doing there, gay boy? What you doing down there, gay boy? Huh? Why don't you get the fuck out of here, man? Go back to where you came from, you little pansy pussy bitch. That was the kind of stuff you had to listen to. I mean, I was on a job site one time where I'm working with this one dude on the ground. And these guys are up on a fucking bridge deck and they're pissing in Gatorade bottles and launching them down at our heads as hard as they can. Eastern Kentucky, baby. Whoops. You guys still there? Sorry, my monitor shut off for a second. Um, so at that point, I just started drinking heavier. And that was when, if you guys have read my story or heard anything with my emails, I woke up face down from the blackout rampage with my car still running in the front yard, wondering how I got there. Um, Actually, the car running in the front yard was slightly before that. This was the one where I pulled myself down into the bathtub and I learned how to podcast afterwards. So I reached out to the inspirational woman that I heard on the podcast and I wanted to talk to her about in her Amber Vilhauer for anyone who doesn't know that I've mentioned her. She was the first person that actually told me that there was hope that I could do something different. Um, I reached out to her because I heard her on a podcast, the very first podcast I ever listened to. And her message was so in alignment with what I was feeling that my intuition was on fire to just be like, reach out and, and ask this lady a question Like you have to, you have no choice. You have to, it wasn't me. It was something in my head that was like, you have to do this. Of course I have the fucking gremlins in my head. that are like, don't do it. You little pussy. You know, she's not going to respond to you. You know, she's going to think that you're just some kind of fucking moron. You're going to look so stupid. They're all going to laugh at you. But I did it. I did it. I actually think the hangover in that instance helped me out because I just like did not give a fuck. I, I couldn't think clearly. My body was in a, a complete disarray. And I shot her a message on Facebook Messenger. She introduced me to Hal Elrod and Paul Kemp, which led quickly to me doing the Miracle Morning and quitting all the drinking that I was doing and also quickly to me starting my first podcast, which was the Artsy Now Show, which you guys can go check out if you want to listen to Baby Heath back in the day. Um, so as I start doing that, I try to start another website company while I'm doing the podcasting. I fail the business. And then I try to start an app company while taking classes at a local coding school because I think I want to be an app developer at that point. I realize that I can't code when I'm sitting there and all these 12-year-olds are sitting around me finishing lessons in like 10 fucking minutes and I'm on my third week of that lesson and I still can't figure out what the fuck it means. Oh, man. I'm spending a lot of money on trying to self-educate, but it's not working. It doesn't feel like it's working at least, but all of this comes back into play to everything that I'm doing now, right? I feel broke. I feel depressed. I feel trapped in my job. I continue to drink heavy. When I decided to give up alcohol after meeting Hal Elrod, it lasted for a little bit, just a little bit, and I went back in again. But then I came back out of it. Um, And I wanted to incorporate those morning routines for real. And I did. And I started to notice the common habit among all the people that I was interviewing to make them feel unstoppable, to make them feel one with their vision, to make them manifest, to make them be able to 
show up every day and give 100% energy to what they actually wanted to be in life, there was none of that bullshit stopping them. None of these people were like, yeah, I get fucking blackout drunk every day. Or yeah, dude, I'm blowing fucking lines off the shitter in Club 33. Mm -mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. But as I get momentum, you know, I'm getting better. I'm rolling, I'm interviewing people, I'm meeting people, I'm starting to do entrepreneurial things that are bringing in a little bit of money, I start to develop a severe anxiety on how to approach leaving my job. And it consumes my body entirely. I meet none other than Jason Berwick, interviewing him on Artsy Now. Jason was talking about selling some stuff on Amazon, right? And some other e-commerce things. We talked back and forth for over a year, trying some things out. I'm heavy into these different projects. Uh, I tried to start something called Podcast Pal, which was like an exchange of services between podcasters. Like so many different things, so many different attempts. And it's important for you to understand because like, yeah, the, the two website businesses and the app business and the podcast pal business, all of that shit failed, but I was trying. Like, you don't get there on the first try. You barely ever get there on the first try. You have to keep fucking going. And you know what? Today, sitting in this chair, I'm still in a position where I feel like I got to keep going. I can't quit now. I'll lose everything. You got to keep going from a fucking creative perspective. You're beautiful. You're sexy. You got to do it. So I start to believe in the system that he showed me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something fucking crazy. My intuition is lighting up with this. So I took out some big lines of credit. I got credit card balances that were like, you know, big, big credit card lines. And I bootstrapped my own Amazon company by putting 70 grand on credit cards. I quit my job. I sold everything that I had. I moved across the country with my girlfriend of four years and we got engaged. My business hit record six-figure months. Yeah, that, that was a lot in that like you know one sentence. Yes, I did all that. I, that was me taking action and getting over the hump. But my business hit six, hits a record six-figure month. That's fucking crazy. I finally create a huge cushion of cash that I feel like I can live freely upon. And it all happened in such a short window, yet it really didn't because I had been slaving away at that shit for years. But it felt like it all just went bang at once. And I lose sight of what I'm doing. I lose focus of where everything's going. And in that loss of focus, I also had some other things happen. Another interruption, right? Both of my dogs get cancer and pass away. My grandfather dies on the same day that my business freezes because of an issue out of my control. It's down for about 30 days. I lose all of my cash flow. I go back into debt. And I have no idea if I'll be able to get that thing back. I feel like I have nothing. I have my girlfriend sitting next to me looking at me like, what the fuck did you just do? My two best friends just passed away and my grandfather passed away. Everybody has these things that happen. Some seem so much worse than others. I don't pity what I've gone through. I look at all of it as growth. And frankly, I look at death as our best friend. But it is fucking hard when you're in it. It is hard, but you learn and you grow more than anything else. 
So I let creativity take over. I shifted my passion over to creating products that help people create freedom themselves. I launched the Sweet Ass Journal to develop your happiness muscle in 100 days. And I started writing the idea and the scripts for the Sweet Ass Domination Deck, which is soon being rebranded as just Sweet Ass Affirmations. All that's going well. I go to the Philippines. I run a Kickstarter. We raise $8,000 to launch the Sweet Ass Domination Deck. I feel like I'm starting to get a little peace back, like there's a little glimmer of hope. I go to Alaska to do a little backpacking trip to clear my mind before the wedding that's coming up. And when I get back home, my fiance informs me that she is leaving, that she's canceling the wedding. There's really no communication about it at all. That was tough because she was my best friend and we never fought. And I thought everything was amazing. But that's what happens when there's a lack of communication in a relationship. So I moved a very minimal amount of belongings to a studio apartment and I traveled the world for six months, neglecting every single fucking problem that I was having, finances, everything, neglecting all of it, just trying to discover myself. And you know what I realized? That I have to take control if I want to stay alive. The same fucking thing that I realized when I was working in the concrete construction industry. It was a full circle. I'm back to debt. I'm back to looking at the possibility of having to get a job. But I realize I have to take control if I want to stay alive. I have to take control if I want to continue to rage in my creative surges. If I want to continue to try to help other people do this too, I have to take control. I got to get it back from these fucking gremlins. So we launched the fifth company, Rage Create, with that Kickstarter to help people strengthen their minds and really remember the magic of life. I mean, you guys have heard this if you've listened to my show. You can get a deck of the cards on Amazon or at RageCreate.com. But we launched this with the intent of we're doing this no matter what kind of fuckery interludes. So I bootstrap another $30,000 on top of the 70 or 80 grand debt that I already had from the previous business. And about actually with Rage Create, about 20,000 was bootstrapped from me. 20,000 was bootstrapped from Jason. And you know what? It wasn't making the money back. <laughs> you know, we get about 80 to 100 of those decks out there per month, which is phenomenal. And every single message I get back from the people that are using them is worth more than any amount of money possible. But I did not think going into that project that it would be something that created a huge financial hole, and it did. We tried to build out an entire marketing system and a whole company that could stack products on the back of it, and then we could continue to surge out and help way more people. Uh, The problem was that shit is hard to do, and it costs a lot of money. And I made some bad personal decisions um, bringing on just, I brought on some expensive coaches that promised me they could do specific things that we never were able to end up doing. I don't fault them at all. I learned a lot through that process, but, um, you know, I was a little disappointed. I lost a lot of money. There it was a bad decision on my part. Um, I go back into debt big time there and it doesn't help because I was kind of shooting for the moon with that to try to alleviate the other business. And now I'm sitting with over a hundred thousand dollars debt. But because of these hundreds of people around the world that are sending me messages, thanking me for inspiring them, I know that the bigger picture is there's this web 
and all those cards are out there and they're changing people's mindset in a day. Those people are infecting the energy of others around them. Those people are infecting the energy of others around them. Positivity flows like the ocean. It just keeps going. And I know that the more of this I can do, eventually abundance is going to come back around again. But it's hard to hold on to that thought when you're looking at fucking $8,000 in interest per month on credit cards. I printed out every single message that all of you sent me talking about the deck or the journal and how it's helped you. And I have them on my wall. There's a whole display of them and I read them all the time and I can't, I cannot explain to you how much it means to me and how much it's held me through. Pictures of the journals and decks being used from New Zealand to Mexico to amazing landmarks around the world. It's just like, it makes my eyes teary. On the back of that company, I get into a trademark battle with this fucking video game company who just doesn't like the fact that we're using the word rage. That is still an ongoing battle and we've lost thousands with that. Um, it's, it's a hole. So that brings me kind of, it, it kind of speeds me up to where I was three months ago, right? Sitting there looking at this $120,000 debt, contemplating bankruptcy. What do I do? I went to this breathwork ceremony in Colorado. I call them my soul parents. It's Bridget and Bjorn. They're, I can't express to you how magical and beautiful these people are. They're, they're the closest thing to an angel that I've ever encountered on earth. Um, and I did a lot of sound bath therapy with them and just working through things. And Lauren and Danny too, like just this, this amazing group of people in Manitou Springs, Colorado. We did some underwater breath work. We did a lot of other types of breath work. If you guys haven't done breath work, fuck. It is psychedelic. It is crazy just what you can do with your breath in certain patterns. But I released a lot of blockages and I, I realized in that situation that like the only thing that I need to do is to stop trying to figure things out. I was trying so fucking hard to figure things out. That doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Stop trying to figure things out and start listening to that intuition and that flow. I started thinking about how I really wasn't doing that the past couple years. I wasn't really flowing. I mean, when it got down to the super dark spot, I would make a decision to keep going forward because I knew that those gremlins were there and I knew that I had to, but it was fucking hard. It did not go without drugs and alcohol. I was not sober the past couple of years. Like I was working through some shit and I was doing pretty well mentally and I was making a difference in every way that I could, but it was dark, man. And I, you know, you got to love your fucking shadow. You've got to love your shadow because when you love it, that's when it steps back and hands over the box to you and is like, here, let's be friends. I learned to love my shadow, but I also learned that I have to stop trying to figure things out and to start using these laws of attraction in the universe to bring stuff back to me the way that I did in 2014, the way that I did in 2015, trusting the situations, meditation, affirmations, calling it in and surrendering to the flow. Stop trying to control everything. Get my mind out of the shitter 
and start thinking about how much abundance I actually do have, how amazing the things that I've created actually are, how miraculous it is that I'm alive and that I get to sit here and talk to you. You see, nothing ever happens as we expect. I didn't think about what kind of life would make me ultimately happy. I didn't have any core values or purpose behind any of my actions or thoughts back in the day. I knew I wanted to be happy, but what was completely lost on what that, okay, if I had a, hmm, trying to think about a way to say this, I knew I wanted to be, be, I wanted to be happy. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to make it happen. I just took aimless action and I moved forward. This is what I needed to happen. And think about yourself. Up until this point, you have been exactly where you need to be. But now, now you know that there is more. You can set an intent. You can create your core values. And you can take action in deliberate fashion towards your core values every single day. You can do all those things and they do work. You do not have to aimlessly float once you've been activated. All you really have to do is be okay with not always knowing how things are going to work out. Stop trying to figure things out. When I was looking at bankruptcy, I've got Jason sending me, he's you know my co-founder with RageCrate. He's also got some e-commerce business stuff. He's a brilliant dude. He's having a fucking breakdown himself. He's sending me all these messages about shutting down RageCrate, shutting down this other project that we had started uh, called FBA Lead List. I had been working my ass off in these areas and to just have them shut down because he was looking at the financials and was saying, this shit is not working, dude. I'm not footing this bill anymore. And you know what? I didn't disagree with them. I was like, fuck, you're right. But I stopped trying to figure it out. And you know what? Intuitively, I felt like I needed to keep going with the lead list. I needed to keep going with Rage Create. But I could cut all the expenses and just stop trying to figure it out. But, you know, move forward a little bit. Don't think too much, but just flow into how it happens. Oh, man. Set a vision. Make decisions that are in alignment with your vision. And then create habits that are in alignment with that vision. Don't worry about the fine details of how it's all going to work out, okay? Trust. Trust that it will, baby. Trust that it will. Create a vision of what you want, but don't attach yourself to the details. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. I spent some time today. Um, oh, if you guys want a final update on what I'm doing, I'm doing really well now. I still have quite a bit of debt, but we kicked Rage Create into a new direction. It's working. Um, the FBA lead list launched and it has been a financial just fucking savior. Oh, like a savior, like a miracle savior out of nowhere because it just started happening and it started working and people started showing up that were helping. And it was just insane. Like 
so I'm in a better position and now I can, you know, continue to create and keep moving forward. And it's just ups and downs and all arounds and pull the pickle out of your butt. Um, <laughs> I want to get into some financial affirmations. Um, Abraham Hicks, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter what you think about Abraham Hicks. The messages that are channeled are brilliant. And for the past couple months, I have been listening to this meditation every single day and reframing the way that my head thinks about abundance. And by doing that, I'm subconsciously making decisions that are helping me be more abundant. I'm paying a lot closer attention to my businesses and to spending all these things that I lost the past couple of years. What has value to help people in the world that, okay, I'm working on that. What am I doing that I hate that really isn't bringing in income either? Well, I'm not fucking doing that anymore. These affirmations have been a a staple for me. So, um, I want to just read through them for you and I hope that you can use them, but if you really want to just listen to them with a much sexier voice, uh, a calming voice, Go to the Abraham Hicks podcast. I think it's episode like 21 or something, but it's like affirmations for financial abundance or something. I want to read them to you because I think that they really have an effect to the message that I just shared is in like every time that you do something, there's going to be an interruption and it's going to try to make you think that the world is ending. But if you keep your head in the right place, you cannot be stopped. And abundance is going to come back around and support you as long as you're doing that. All right. Let me start at the very beginning. to help you find the vibrational stance to allow financial abundance to flow into your personal experience. The stream of abundance flows generously and it is right and it is time for you to receive your share. This will not be difficult for you to do and it will not take much time because you are already well Along your way. There is power in the words you are hearing. And in time, your resistance will subside and your allowing will begin. (laughs) I love that one. As your resistance is replaced with allowing, as your doubt is replaced with belief, your abundance will become 
evident. Our words will help you shift your feelings about money from worry or concern to eagerness or fun. When the emotional shift occurs, immediate financial manifestations will be the evidence of that shift. If we can convince you that the path to financial abundance is simply an emotional path, with each hearing of these words, you will breathe out more resistance and your feelings will improve. Your work is not one of action. There are no courses to complete. There are no requirements for you to meet. Just a comfortable and gradual rediscovery of your natural state of release and of ease and of well-being. You are never deprived when someone else gains. Because abundance expands proportionally to match desires. (laughs) That's that one. Yeah. When the success of another makes your heart sing, your resistance is gone and your own success soars. That means like get the fuck rid of jealousy, right? Don't be envious. Be proud of somebody for their success. That's what opens you up to allowing it in yourself. The fastest way to get to an improved financial condition is to look for pleasing things that you already have. For in the seeking and finding of that which is working, more success will come and it will come quickly. That one is mega big. That's why the abundance list is so important in the sweet ass journal. Because when you focus on these things that you do have, oh, oh, I'm going to read that one again. The fastest way to get to an improved financial condition is to look for pleasing things that you already have. For in the seeking and finding of that which is working, more success will come and it will come quickly. Yeah. While your life will continue to call more abundance to you, the majority of that work is already done. Surrender. Relax. Quit trying to figure things out. And now, with far less effort than you have been believing, your financial condition is about to improve. It's mindset. Financial abundance does not occur in one's life because of hard work or good luck or favoritism. Financial abundance is simply the universe's response to consistent thoughts and feelings of abundance. Law of attraction. When you are able to accomplish the feeling of abundance before the evidence has shown up in your life, the evidence at that point must come and will continue to come as long as you maintain the feeling of abundance. Anytime that you are feeling good, no matter the reason, you are accomplishing the feeling of abundance. And it attracts all the more abundance and all the more feel-good energy. In your absence of resistance, 
everything that you have asked for is making its way right to you. Each time that you focus upon these words, your resistance becomes smaller and your allowance becomes greater. With each passing day, your vibrational point of attraction will change until there will be an obvious tipping point. For a while, and I just went through this, For a while, the only evidence of your financial progress will be your improved emotional state of being. And if you will just let that be enough, taking no score of financial progress, the financial improvements will then start to show up. You are doing extremely well. Abundance is flowing to you. So relax and enjoy the unfolding. Feel appreciation for what is and eagerness for what is coming because there is great love here for you and there is great love on its way to you. Ladies, gents, um, yeah, go listen to that podcast on Abraham Hicks if you want to hear it. Every single day, just replay it over and over again. It's just that mantra, just those abundance lines. And believe it. Really, truly believe into how you frame your mind because it affects everything. It affects everything. If you think that you're poor, if you think that you have no shot, if you think that you have a lot of body pain, all of those things may be factually true in that moment. But you're just feeding into that energy. You have to reframe the way that you're thinking about it before it starts to change. Everything that you have ever, ever, ever imagined and wanted for and envisioned and loved and attracted is on its way to you at warp speed. And it's all laying inside of your abundance mindset. I am working on a version of the Sweet Ass Journal um, right now, a new version of it, which is way better than the old version. It's really exciting. Uh, The first version of the new version that's coming out is actually for diabetics. Um, I partnered with this girl who came to me and wanted to make a version for diabetics. Her name is Caitlin. It's turning out fantastic. Um, We're finishing up the rough draft, and then as soon as that starts to go, I'm going to be putting out another version of the original happiness journal. Um, It's just got a lot more. um, It's different. It's a lot of the same stuff, but it's a lot of different stuff is the, the way that there's an approach to it. I've studied a lot of the science behind happiness since I put that thing out. And I think this new version is much better. Um, Also FBA lead. This is going well. I just feel good. Uh, I feel good. I've got some incredible podcasts coming out for you. Some conversations with a couple of people who run plant medicine ceremonies and spaces. You guys know I love that shit. Um, It's beautiful. It's the best type of medicine in my opinion, which are going to be really interesting and fascinating conversations. So tune into those. I've got Ian Hoyt coming on, who is the founder of Life Nomading. I was just with him in Bulgaria for a while brilliant entrepreneur type dude who lives in New York, but uh, uh, there's going to be some value from him for sure. 
And then probably Chase Reeves, which I don't know if you all have ever heard the Fizzle Show. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and I think he's in Korea right now, but we're going to rage a podcast. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, check him out. Just Chase Reeves. He he is a massive serial entrepreneur. His family's amazing. His wife's amazing. And he's just a brilliant fucking dude who was a big influence to me early on in 2013, 2014 when I was getting started. So I'm excited for that. I love all of you. Um, there's really, you know, my voice is hoarse. I got to get to better Roo. Sachi's looking at me like, what the fuck, dad? And, you know, I just got to get in there and lay down and caress my nipples until I fall asleep and hope that the, uh, the nipple fairy will come in the middle of the night and make me feel like I'm actually in a sustainable, beautiful relationship with an angel, maybe. Who knows? Instead of just, you know, me and the Sotch raging alone. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's the best type of companion. So until next time, ta-ta. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of spas that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Hello there. I'm I'm happy that we get to meet again. I I'm a little bit sad that you haven't been over to paint my toenails with me. You know, big toe red, pinky toe blue. How many toes can I fit inside of you? Oh. Um, you know, I've got some Epsom salt that I'm could fill the bathtub tub up and you you'd probably look pretty kinky in that tub, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, so Heath is, you know, he's obviously not here right now, but he was looking pretty good today, too. His hair is getting kind of sexy. Uh, he's talking about his nipples earlier, and that always turns me on for sure. I don't know about you, but, um, yeah, you can find all of his stuff at HeathArmstrong.com or RageCreate.com. Uh, podcast show notes oftentimes are on HeathArmstrong.com forward slash podcast. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, we appreciate it. And we donate $2 to the the charity that Heath works with in Africa, um, which is going to go out there in a couple weeks. So, yeah. And we just love you. You know, we love you in more than one way. We we love your mind. We love your, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth for many different reasons. We love your body. And we most of all just... We love your heart. Yeah. We love your heart. We love that big, beautiful heart. And just appreciate you listening. And until next time, I guess we'll talk to you later. Bye, Toots.